and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Anna Rutberg. And I'm Casey Muratori. And our movie this week is Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. Halloween, my understanding, although I do not know much about horror film history, I'm I'm pretty uh, poorly versed. Same. I've, I've never seen Friday the 13th. Same. I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. And I had never seen Halloween until now. So the the like stalwart the franchises that had like an installment every few years for like two decades or three decades, and some of which still have installments. Like there's a Halloween movie coming out yeah. now. Yeah, like right now. Um, these like sort of venerable horror franchises, I am just totally ignorant Me of, too. and I don't know Me too. anything about them until now. That's right. Is this the first? Of these? I have no idea. Because I would be interested to kind of know. We try to do the podcast as like a raw first impressions, like without contextualization, if we can. So I didn't look. Mm -hmm. But it was really interesting to me to watch this movie because I could easily see this being the first movie that had like the sort of what we would now consider a generic horror movie plot. Yeah. But like... I could see that never really having been done before, where they were like, there's going to be some kids alone in a house, mm-hmm. and there's going to be like a a murder, a crazy murderer who's going to be stalking them like one at a time and, you know, all these different things. And it was really interesting to watch this movie because I was like, is this the first time this happened? Because it kind of feels like it might have been. It definitely I'm feels, interested to know. I, I mean, whether it was the first time or not, it was obviously very, very early Yes. In that genre. And I don't know, just watching it right off the bat from the opening, right? Like the opening is awesome. It's so good. The it's opening so creative. Is really great. And like there's sort of a rawness to it. Like there's times when you can see like the shadow of the camera and, yeah, yeah. and little things like that. But it really gives you this feeling of like this is a this is like a fairly low budget movie, but there's so much like intention and direction behind everything that's happening. It's not a fairly low budget movie. It's an extremely low budget right. movie, I would say. In other words, when when we did look at the budget yeah. ahead of time, and I would say that there are plenty of things about this movie that do kind of feel low budget, yeah. but not nearly as many as the budget. Like this I feel like this movie manages or or John Carpenter managed to produce a movie here. Um, that feels way higher budget yeah. than it was. I would say, too, his directing, a lot of that is because of his directing. I think like, so. He's so good with the camera yes. and uh, and the script, too, like the way it, it kind yes. of flows and stuff. It's really good. Like, he's just a very good filmmaker. And a lot of the, like, a lot of the actors are not very good. Yes. And you, he manages to make it so that you don't really mind. Right. And the they probably didn't have a lot to work with with respect to cinematography, and yet mm-hmm. the shots are great. Yep. yep. I mean, it looks it's it's not The Shining, but it also costs like point oh 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 one percent as much. Right. Probably. Right. And he still manages um, to create a lot of like iconic yes. images. Creep, really creepy. Oh, I, the, yes. like I, the whole beginning is so good when that car is driving up to the the mental hospital. Yes, and the lights shine on a yes. bunch of people just standing there in these like white yes. gowns. It's so creepy and yes. so good. Um, and just like there's little things like that again and again and again 
Um, and the way he chooses to shoot things, a lot of time it's like from far away as those, you know, a lot of like far away shots of somebody walking, right? Of yes. like, he's always giving you that feeling of you're being watched. Like yes. the idea of like, we're going to show a lot of things from the perspective of the, the killer, right? Um, I would say that, um, you know, all the things that I said about Psycho why I did not understand why it's a classic, yeah. I could invert them all for this movie. Yes, I was like, yeah. I took when I was watching it, I don't know what I would rate it on like an absolute scale, but when I'm talking about why was this a classic, I'm like, it's obvious. Yes. It's obvious. Like, yes. there are so many things that this movie does that you're like, I, I could see this being the first time they nailed this formula. Like, yeah. maybe there were pieces of it before, but I'm like, okay. It's got the really creepy cinematography. It's got the clever use of like putting images or, or things into your head and then stressing you out for a while because you don't know exactly when something's going to happen. Right. They give it lots of opportunities to happen. It's got these shots where they're always asking you to look for Michael Myers somewhere, but yeah. you don't know exactly where or yeah, when. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it has this sort of like, oh, there's, you know, these people who are alone and are in danger but don't know it. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's uh, just so much stuff there that I feel like comes together in this film. Yes. And uh, as a result, I feel like I totally get why this is a classic. Yes. In the same way that when we watch Psycho, I'm like, why is this famous? It just feels like kind of a crappy Twilight Zone episode <laughs> to me. Right. right. So I was very dismissive of that movie. I am not dismissive of this movie. I could nitpick things in it for sure. But especially considering the budget, it's like, this is very impressive. And yeah. I can see why this may have kickstarted a horror trend where yeah. it's like somehow someone made a movie for $300,000 or whatever it right. was that grossed $70 million yeah. and that in, the, in those days dollars, yeah. which is insane. I mean, I think this movie is just so ambitious, too. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I go back to that opening shot. I the mean, wonder, it's just the giant one wonder. shot. Yeah. It's so ambitious, yeah. right? And so much choreography went into that. I think it's two shots, actually. I'm sure there was there was probably a cut in there. Well, I think when he puts the... I, I don't know that they wanted there to be a cut, but probably when he puts the mask on and you start seeing it through the eyes, through the eyes yeah. they probably couldn't do that seamless because he has to pick up the mask and then they have to flip to a thing that has the camera yeah, masked yeah. with the eyes. Yep. So it's probably two, but not because they needed to, but rather because they yeah. had to. Um, but it's just, it's so impressive and so creative. Right off the bat, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is really good. I, I feel like it's a, it's a type of filmmaking that I'm not used to seeing anymore either, like, you know, the feeling of, like, I, I get the sense that he was trying new things. And they all worked, which was really interesting. Right, right? yeah. Uh, the, the thing about the movie that I thought I kept coming back to, too, was that it had a remarkable amount of, like, actual plot content. Mm -hmm. Like, there was never a time in this movie where they just kind of wrote down uh, Mike Myers stalks the victims or right. something, right? There was always this incredibly detailed thinking through of like, what are the sequences of events? Like, okay, like Mike Myers escapes from this thing and he goes here and this detective is looking for him here and the police are going to talk to the guy about it here and the, the person's going to go forget her keys and she's going to come here. And like, yep. it was like... It gave the, you so many opportunities for being afraid you know being nervous about well and more importantly i think it keeps the movie from feeling uh sometimes i have i feel like these kind of movies they feel very like uh ephemeral like mm -hmm. they don't feel real and mm -hmm. that makes them not as scary mm -hmm. 
by having this movie feel so concrete, yeah, like by having all the minutia that you would expect in a normal film that's not a horror film, mm-hmm. like we're gonna have why each character is doing what they're doing. They're each individual characters with actual personalities yep. that experience scenes that are unrelated to the horror that are just right, right. Well, and, and in right? fact, a lot of those, a lot of what they're experiencing is fairly like the mundane experience of yes. an actual, you know, high yes. school kid. Um, you know, like a lot of it's just shots of them walking down sidewalks, right? Yes. Which out of context would just be like dumb and boring. Yeah. But in this movie is like very, very creepy. Yes. And I think that 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 mundaneness there by contrasting those two, I think you get something else, which is that they feel like it feels like a real place. I think that's what I was trying to get yes, to. Yes, yes. Meaning a lot of times with these movies, they're too slick nowadays yeah, or yeah. whatever. And it doesn't feel like you're in a real town. And this, it got that feel of these are people with actual life schedules that are going on. Yeah, yeah. Even when the camera's not watching them, right? Yeah. And so when this killer comes to town, it feels like a killer coming to a real town right, to kill which people by extension, instead of to a fake town to kill people. Right, which right? by extension makes you creeped out. Like it it, it's a kind out, of movie yes. that makes you like look over your shoulder yes. a little bit. In fact, toward the end of this movie, it started getting really windy outside. And Molly, <laughs> my cat, was like freaking out. Like she was like, yeah. you know, ears perked looking all over. Yeah. And then it made me kind of freaked yeah, out. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. is there somebody out there or yeah, something? Yeah. And it's, it's just Mike Myers looking in it's your window? because this movie has done such a good job of getting you in this this kind of mental state. And it does this in ways that I thought were really uh, interesting, too, because so there's a scene just to try and illustrate how effective I felt like this movie was. There's a scene where Mike Myers is. Uh, so so Jamie Lee Curtis and her friend, uh, I don't remember their names. I don't either. Uh, and I don't know the other actresses. So brown haired friend or blonde haired friend. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis is the only actress I actually know because she's famous. Like later, yeah, she's right? the only one who who um, actually became famous. Yeah, I don't know after. if any of these other actresses went on to do anything. Uh, who were the in the friend group there? But anyway, they Jamie, weren't very good. So <laughs> no, and she was uh, clearly better, right? Yes. But Jamie Lee Curtis was walking down the street with one of her friends, and Mike Myers is just kind of standing, looking at them yes. next to a hedgerow. Yes. Yes. Um, and it actually looks kind of a little bit silly. Because he just kind of like goes back behind mm-hmm. the hedgerow and it was just like, I was like, ah, oh, that's that's just not that shot wasn't that good. But then somehow it turns it around on you. Mm-hmm. Like when her friend walks over there, you're actually now kind of worried. And then for the rest of the walk, mm-hmm. you're wondering where he is. So where like, he went. Yeah, even yeah. though like I thought this, it didn't work at first, like it actually did. And that's in broad daylight. Like they're just in the middle of a suburb yeah, yeah. in broad daylight where you wouldn't, a horror movie would normally have trouble scaring you. And it really still creeped you out, right? Just, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And so I feel like, again, um, some of these shots were like not obvious how they were working to me. It just, they managed to put... Yeah. They managed to get just the right sequence of shots to to make it you be worried. Right, yeah. I think that's just, there's so much skill in this movie. Like, I'm just, I was just so impressed with the filmmaking of it. Me too. Me um, too. Even, you know, there's such an attention to detail too. I was thinking about, like, there's one scene where, like, you could, you know, we talked about the budget. Like, there's times in this where I definitely feel the low budget and the probably not a lot of the schedule. Like, there's time, one time they're walking on the sidewalk and it's dry and then the next shot everything's wet because it rained, right? And there's one where it's like day and then it's night almost immediately. Yeah, and and then you're just like, like, well, there's probably not much they can do about And then the other things, thing right? too was like the 
there's a scene too where so it's supposed to be it's fall right it's yeah. October but I'm pretty sure they're filming it in like the summer right and they there so there's leaves like right and wind like I can tell there's like a wind machine blowing a bunch of leaves right. around because everything in the background there's no leaves or right. whatever well I mean there are definitely problems budget related here like one of my biggest complaints with the movie if I had to complain about the movie would just be that like it's called Halloween but doesn't feel like it takes place on Halloween and to me yeah yeah I'm pretty sure that John Carpenter would not have had a problem making it feel like it took place on Halloween had you given him another $2 million. Yeah, you're probably right. Because he could have had a bunch of extras and costumes walking around at various times. He tries by having a few, Mm -hmm. but I think it doesn't really work. And the reason it doesn't work, I imagine, is budget. So a lot of, and the same would be true of the acting. I'm sure he would have hired as good actors as he could Mm -hmm. have gotten, but that was probably the best he could do. And it's true, like, there's certain scenes, like, I think of the one where after... He comes into the house the first time and Jamie Lee Curtis escapes the house and she runs to a neighbor's house to get help. Yeah. And they like don't open the door. They yeah. shut the blinds or whatever. And it's kind of weird. But yeah. then you're like, OK, but it's Halloween. They probably think it's a prank. Yeah. And it's like because you haven't seen a lot of like trick or treating and, and stuff. It's like your brain doesn't quite make the leap, I think. Um, uh, I do think more needed to be done to establish that. Uh, that that again, it's. I do think a lot of those things are budget related yeah. because no, they, they did try to. One of the things this movie does, again, that I think is lacking a lot of times in these kind of horror films. Although, again, like I said, I haven't seen a lot of the canonical ones. So, you know, maybe they do it better and that's why they're famous. Um, this movie kind of explains or tries to explain a lot of the reasons why things that might otherwise be happening aren't happening. Like... The police are involved in this one. Mm-hmm. It's not like, why didn't the person just go to the police or whatever, which is a common complaint in right, movies. Right, right. It's like, no, they are actively looking for this guy. It's just nobody knows where he is. And, right. uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't find out there's a killer until basically he's right on top of them, right, right in their house. Right, right. Uh, so it's not this weird, like, contrived circumstance where you're like, why didn't you guys just leave or why didn't you just do this? Mm-hmm. They always kind of had it set up. So that either the people didn't know that Mike Myers was there, so they had no reason to do anything other than what they were doing, Mm -hmm. or they uh, literally couldn't do anything else. And similarly, setting it on Halloween, even though it doesn't really work, uh, if you'd had had more money and it would be clear it was Halloween, it also explains some of the other things, like why people aren't that worried about a dog barking or whatever. So they kind of tried to give you reasons why this is logical. Or a man walking around in a mask. It wouldn't have been weird. So I think... a little bit of the unevenness there is also just budget. Yeah. And so I totally spot them that. They did a great job with yeah. what they had. No, and I, I, I was just thinking too, like in terms of creative use of a low budget, like I mentioned briefly before the the, the, the scene, it's like the second scene with the the um, the mental hospital where they're driving in the dark mm-hmm. and they dri- all they do is drive up to a gate. Right, because they don't have, they can't film at a mental exactly. hospital probably, right? But, they don't have permission or whatever. But the way in which he shoots it, it's so like... It communicates everything it needs to, right? Mm-hmm. And with with so little resources. It's it's very and smart. It's, it's yeah, and it's just so effective. Like you don't think about the fact that he's doing this because he can't show a mental hospital. Exactly. Like it never occurs to you. It's just so well done. It's it's very very good, very yeah. very good. Um, so I also noticed that like the the producer of the movie, mm-hmm. this is Deborah Hill or something like this. Yeah, also co-writer. Was also the co-writer. Yeah. So I don't know what the story is there. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, but uh, in general, I would say I don't really know who's responsible for the script. They both were on it. I don't know who did more or less of it or what. Mm-hmm. But I would say that I do think the script, as you mentioned earlier, helps this movie tremendously by, like, if you look at the main plot line of Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. there's not much there. Like, right. she doesn't really, she, there, there's not, like, a huge plot arc with her. She's not really even going through a dynamic character kind of a thing or anything. Mm-mm. She's just kind of a bookish girl who ends up babysitting some people when a madman starts she's killing so, people at her she's house. She's just very normal. She's very normal. So if that was just it mm-hmm. for an hour and a half, which is the length of this film, you know, 90 minutes of that is going to get pretty boring probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By intercutting all of these other things that are happening, right? They follow like the friend and she's going to pick up the boyfriend. The police with the doctor plot where he goes and finds out that, you know, the the guy has, has, is the, the mental hospital they've gotten out. And then Mike Myers steals the car. And so he's looking for the car and he's talking to the police mm-hmm. and all these other things. By having all those sort of things in play, it turns it into more of a, the structure of like a pot boiler. Yeah. And yeah. that tremendously helps this movie not feel boring mm-hmm. in the mid, like in the in the middle 40 minutes right. or and, and there's just this this sinister feeling the entire time of, yeah. of knowing that Michael Myers is out there. Yeah. And you, never, you don't know when he's going to strike and what he's going to do. And it's very, very creepy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, just mostly good things to say about this movie. I think Uh, my only... I have a few, but we'll go, go, you go first. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the only thing that I I kind of felt a little let down by was, was like the ending, like the payoff to everything just somehow felt like lacking after such a strong buildup, especially like in the closet where she stabs him with the the coat hanger. Like, for me, that was just like, okay, I don't understand, like, why that was effective. Or, or, you know, just, like, little things where I'm just, like, the scene itself is really good. He's, like, breaking into the closet. It's very scary. But then I, like, don't quite buy that that was enough to, like, thwart him. I don't know. Just, like, like, and some of that is also probably related to budget stuff. Where well, it's like, she, she stabbed him in the eye with a coat hanger. Yeah. So he recoils. Then she stabs him with the knife. Oh, that's true. She gets the knife. Yeah. So he the, it doesn't thwart him. He just, he's stabbed yeah. in the eye with a coat hanger. You'd be pretty. No, I guess that's true. But you'd yeah. be taken aback too. But that just, get, he just drops the knife is all that happens yeah. there. And she and stabs I just, him I, with I wonder, it, I, I kind of feel like there's maybe a lack of clarity in the direction or something too, where it's like, it was unclear to me. I guess it's like, yeah, she stabs him in the eye. You don't really see it very well or I mean, something. again, Budget. Budget wise, you notice you never see anyone get stabbed by anything in yeah. this movie, actually. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is it's very hard to show. And I do think with no you money. Know, a lot of the violence in this movie you don't quite buy because there's there's basically no blood. And like stabbings yes. make a lot of blood. I think I said this yes. in Psycho too. It's like it I I don't necessarily want things to be super gruesome, but it also has to be plausible. And so it's like there's that balance between things being super, super like viscerally gross and also like I'm not buying this as an actual stabbing, right? Um, it, it did really did have problems like that. You know, there's a there's a scene where a guy gets pinned to a wall by a knife. Right, right. And somebody literally walks through where that took place and it's spotlessly clean. And you're just like, okay, is Michael Myers yeah. like, you know, really good with Lysol? Like how did he clean this whole kitchen? <laughs> well, other, there would have been yeah, like yeah, rivers yeah. of blood on the floor. Yeah. And somehow by the time, you know, 
seven minutes later or ten right, minutes right, later right. when someone walks in, it's fine. Right. right. And, it just, um, and but, I mean, those are nitpicks, definitely, because. Well, yeah. So, like I said, there are things about there are things that I think probably I'm like, OK, I didn't really like this and it's not budget related. There's some stuff that's like that. Yeah. Uh, and like, like I do think um, the, the endless thing of him getting. So he gets stabbed in the yeah, neck with the knitting needle and he's like, oh, he's he's dead. And then, nope, he's back up, and then he's dead, and then, oh, yeah. he's back up, and it's like, if that had just happened at the very end, with it when he gets shot or something, I yeah. would be better with it. But the knitting needle one, I'm like, well, why, if he's fine, then, like, why did he, like, pass out? You know, it's just kind of, like, weird. Um, I'm totally okay with the idea, especially at the very end, of being, like, he of it not, of it not being yeah. resolved because that the whole point of this movie is to spook the viewer. Yeah, and you so, don't want him to be dead afterwards because right, you, you won't you, walk out of the theater scared. Exactly. You want people to think to be looking over their shoulder to be yeah. worried about Mike Myers. Like that's that's one of the ways of creating like a classic horror character, right? Like making you think he's out there in the real world. Yes. Um so totally that's a great decision. I just think like it it was maybe overused and a little bit confusing. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that uh, having the main character like twice just like decide that this person is dead and drop the knife next to him. Um, yeah, the fact that she like laid down on the couch like, oh, it's over. Like I'd be like, get out, get me out of this stra- room. It, it doesn't feel like plausible human behavior. You can totally imagine that this person is freaked out, but the normal thing to do would just be run. Yeah, get as far as away fast as fast yeah. as you can. So it does feel like they needed more work there, and I think that's the screenwriting thing. They mm-hmm. needed to be more creative and figure out a reason why this encounter with him is going to go on for longer mm-hmm. without having to have this fake like I didn't quite kill him thing. Right. Because it doesn't you're right. It doesn't really work very well. So uh I th- I think I didn't like that either. It didn't like ruin the movie no, for no, me, no, but no. you're definitely like at the end you're like this is not as good as the rest of the movie I, was. Yeah, it's just because right? you, when it's you not have as good. when you have such a strong build up and there's so yes. much anticipation for this encounter. Yes. And then it's just kind of like eh. Yeah. It's a little bit of a letdown and it wasn't as you said, not awful, doesn't ruin the movie for you or anything. But it's just, it's like, everything else was so strong, that part feels a little weaker. I do think, like, the other thing I didn't love along those lines was the... I didn't really understand the part where she she goes upstairs mm-hmm. at one point to try to find her friends. She goes across the street to the neighbor's house and she goes yeah, upstairs. Yeah, yeah. And Mike Myers has like put the tombstone, right on the bed. Yeah, with on the... the bed, and there's like these bodies are like arranged and stuff. And that whole scene, I think, was just bad. Uh, and there's a couple reasons I think it was bad, and I'll talk about them now. All right. Number one is that this movie, like I said, does a really good job in all other circumstances of making it feel like a real place where real things are happening. Mm-hmm. And to me, this scene totally ruined that. It was the one part of the movie. Because, like, the the ending, like you said, it makes the main character feel really stupid. But it doesn't feel like it's not possible. Sure. Like, yeah. like it still feels like a plausible thing that happened. Yeah. Just a pretty unsatisfying kind of dumb one, right? And so it's like you wanted more, but, you know. This scene just feels completely implausible to me. And okay. and I really didn't like that because the rest of the movie was doing such a good job making something fairly weird feel like it really happened. Yes, and yeah. this kind of really 
ruined that for me. So I, I kind of just like to like pretend it never happened. <laughs> Couple yeah. things. One, how did Mike Myers get a tombstone up there? At what point did he, because it had to be from his car, he can't carry that, and he's been driving his car around, not walking. So it's in the back of his car. We know the car is out on the street where people are constantly looking out and seeing all of these things happen. At no time do we hear the car, do we see him take the tombstone out of the car, he takes it upstairs to a bedroom that is not related to the other bedroom. It's not even set up similar to the other bedroom. So for some reason, he's recreating the scene, but not in his old house, rather in this new house. I don't know why. That just kind of happens. He sets up these bodies in a weird pattern, yeah. which maybe makes some sense. I don't know that it does, but like, let's just say it's arbitrary and it's a horror movie. That's fine. Jamie Lee Curtis comes in and happens to stumble exactly to the three positions where they are right, in this right, sort right. of hokey manner. So again, is this horrible in some abstract sense? No. Is it horrible in this film? I would argue yes, because yeah. it's taking this very carefully thing where I was totally buying it, mm-hmm. right? As mm-hmm. stupid as it is that this was happening, I totally bought it yeah. up to that point yeah. because of the filmmaking and the level of detail of each event. Yeah. I was not... I was suspending my disbelief, right? Right, I was like, yes, this is a real serial killer and he's really killing these people or whatever. And then that scene I just felt like was out of a different movie. It was really hokey Mm -hmm. and it just couldn't help itself but be like over the top. And to me, it just kind of ruined, it would have ruined the movie if I didn't just block it out, Mm -hmm. right? So, So that's the only scene I think, honestly, for me, that's the only scene where I really strongly disliked what the film was doing. Mm-hmm. The end, totally agree with you. I wanted a better ending, but the ending that I got wasn't breaking the movie no, for me. No, no, totally. This scene was. So, yeah. I, so I really didn't like that. I also think it's like, it's unclear that this is even in character for this this Michael Myers. Who doesn't seem to care about like, these sorts of things. He just, he seems, I mean, <clears throat> part of what makes him scary is he just wants to kill people. There's no reason for it, right? Like, it's just he's insane and he wants to kill people. And he just, like, that seems to be, like, and when it, he killed he, his yes. sister or whatever, like, he didn't display her in this weird way. He just, like... He literally walks out of the house. He just came outside. He just leaves. Yeah. And it's, like, so it's a little <clears throat> weird that he's, like, okay, I'm going to display this body for, as though I want other people to see, which doesn't really seem like the sort of thing he probably cares about. I don't know. I also thought, so at the beginning, I wasn't sure because, you know, he, the first person he kills is like a young girl. Yeah. And then you see him see Jamie Lee Curtis out the window of, he's like in the house looking out, Mm -hmm. which was a great shot, by the way, because you didn't know anyone was in there. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't know if the theme was like, oh, he he always kills like young girls, like about this age or whatever, mm-hmm. like you know, you know, teenage or well, something. And, like, yeah, and then you wonder, like, okay, there could be like a sexual component to it. Like Maybe. two of the women he kills like don't have tops on. <laughs> like, Maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, like, that scene also makes that much harder to process, like what was going on, because he kills a guy. Mm-hmm. Because he he waits till the guy leaves in the other one. Mm-hmm. You notice he doesn't yes. try to kill the dude yeah, yeah, coming yeah. downstairs, yeah. right? Uh, in the first when he's a kid, right? So he kills the guy, which was a little weird, mm-hmm. right? And so if that scene had just been he puts like the two women on the bed, no tombstone, mm-hmm. and then the guy is just not there or something, right? Mm-hmm. He gets rid of them. Then I'm like, oh, I see. Like he killed the guy because he had to, but he's really trying to just kill these women or something because that's like some weird thing that was his head. 
So I could see that scene having some information content that was supposed to be something or other. But the way they did it, it was like, no, he's making this weird like art piece that doesn't seem to have anything to do with his craziness. It's just plain crazy. And it's weirdly the two. Yeah. I, I don't I fucking think, understand. I think so thing- I was very confused by even what that scene was supposed to be about, let alone it. The way that it plays out is also kind of well, dumb. Well, I think it, it very clearly, I think we've talked about this before with other movies, when sometimes you'll just get a moment that's like clearly designed for the viewer and not for anyone else. Like, yeah. it's not about what's plausible in the story. It's like, yeah. in that moment, it's really just about the viewer of this movie having a certain experience. The director wanted, thought it would be cool if these three exactly. things happened. Exactly. So they happened, but to me it's like, no, it wasn't cool. Like, I would have much preferred if you hadn't have done right, that, right? Right, right. Um, and, and I think so. because the rest of the movie avoids that kind of thing, exactly. like, it manages to absolutely, like, affect the viewer without any sort of, like, weird pandering kind of stuff and in sacrificing the quality of sort of like the story and the characters for it. Well, and I do wonder a little bit to what extent, you know, sometimes some directors are better served not being able to do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder a little bit if the low budget of this movie actually helped make it great because maybe if the, if John Carpenter has too much money, his self-indulgence would mm-hmm. ruin some of this stuff that he actually can do when he's forced to get more creative by lack of budget or something. The reason I say that is just because I have seen a John Carpenter film before. Uh, it was Escape from L.A. Okay. It's just not supposed to be one of his better ones. It's supposed to be one of his okay. lesser ones, right? And it's just not like... You wouldn't believe the same two people made the same person made the okay. two movies, yeah. right? And so I also wonder, like, are do is he maybe someone who excels under constraints in the same way that Steven Spielberg has said, for example, mm-hmm. that like Jaws was supposed to have more Jaws in it, right? But it didn't right. because the shark didn't work right. for a long time. Like they didn't, it wasn't working or whatever, right? And it turned out, as he he like to his surprise, that showing other things without showing the shark actually worked better, right? Because it made you more scared because you couldn't see this thing. And I'm wondering, like, by having to not have particularly elaborate shots where all they can really do is show this guy standing in a mask somewhere. He's just very creative when given exactly. that constraint. Yeah. And he comes up with these brilliant shots, right? Yep. And I don't know to what extent that was playing into it, but uh, whatever it was, when he was being spare, I loved it. Yep. When he did his set piece scene with the tombstone stuff, it was lousy and I didn't like it. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering there, like, yeah, maybe like low budget is better for this director. Like, he comes up with great stuff under pressure or whatever. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I would definitely be curious now to see more John Carpenter stuff. Me I have too. this is the this is the only one of his I've seen and I I was really impressed. Um so Maybe we should try to find um what would be another good John Carpenter? Yeah. Escape from New York, I think, is supposed to be good. Yeah. Escape from LA was the sequel and was supposed to be bad. But maybe Escape from New York is supposed yeah, to be good. Yeah. I don't know. I would watch it because, in general, I was just very impressed with this movie. Me um, too. I would definitely watch it again. It's a great Halloween movie. I, I think it would be a little nice if there was, as you said before, more Halloween in it. Because not only would it make the movie better, I think it would make it feel more like a Halloween movie. It would make it yes. feel like a thing you want to watch every single year. 
Um, I totally agree. Like that, like I said at the beginning, my biggest complaint of this movie is it doesn't feel like it takes place on Halloween despite being called Halloween. Uh, but again, I think that's just budget, and I doubt there was very much they could have really done about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't blame them for it. But yeah, had had there just been a way to magically have an extra million dollars to just have a crap ton of extras on some of those shots that earlier in the night, so there were tons yeah, of kids, yeah. you know, that would have been great. But, you know, it didn't happen, so it didn't happen. You know, what can you say? Uh, yep. Everyone wishes they had more money to make a movie, I'm sure. Absolutely. So uh, a couple other minor points I would put in. Um, some good, some bad. I felt like, again, you just saw some really... It, it almost surprises me because I've never thought of John Carpenter as being like a brilliant shot composer or something. Sure, yeah. Just because I haven't seen his movies, I don't know. Uh, the only thing I saw was Escape from L.A. and it was not good. Then again, I, I saw it a long time ago. Maybe if I saw it now, I'd be like, oh, there are some really good <laughs> shock compositions. I don't know. I wasn't thinking about those sort of things when I was 18 or whatever. Sure. I don't remember when I saw it. 16, 20, something like that. Um, I saw it in the theater. So whenever it came oh, out, wow. you can figure out what age I was if we go back and look at <laughs> what year the movie came out. Um, but there's like good semantic shot composition in this even. Yeah. And I, I'd point out like there's a shot where literally like the the doctor who is like fanatically looking for Michael Myers because he's terrified of what this guy will do when he's out. Right. Because he's like, you know, met with him every week for eight he knows, years he or whatever. He knows him better than anyone else does. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, there's a shot of him looking at the camera and the Mike Myers' car, oh, the drives, car drives right behind, behind him. him. Yep, yep, And, yep. you know, it's just like, I know it seems simple, but, like, nobody does this. Right? It's, it's so like, great. It's great. It's hard to find these kinds of things where there's information about the movie in just the way you arrange a shot. And uh, this movie's full of that. Yes. there's It's everywhere in this movie. It is. Shots composed both that look good, and mm-hmm. that shot did, Yeah, yeah. but also that feel like they're telling you a, something about the story with what direction the character's going. Are they behind yep. a fence? Are they in front of the fence? Yep. Uh, is the Are they being shot through a car window? Are you seeing yep. it through the eyes of a mask? Like, mm-hmm. all of these things about the shot that are carrying, like, information, not just the shot is good, but right. that's telling you something about what's happening in the movie. And so I was just very surprised to see that in this movie because I didn't, wasn't expecting this to be that kind of thing. Right. There's no um, question why this is a classic, why no people question. watch it every single year. Like No question. It is it absolutely deserves all of the praise that it gets. Unlike Psycho. <laughs> now I actually agree with you yeah. on that. I, I mean, this movie has way more going for it than Psycho. I think, yeah, I mean, no question. If I had to pick between this movie and Psycho, I would absolutely pick Halloween every time. Comparing this movie to Psycho. Uh, I noticed one really kind of interesting thing, and maybe this is me overreading it, but so in Psycho, there's a pretty famous, I think it's famous. I don't actually know if it's famous, I guess. I'm going to call it famous because I thought it was. The shot of like the knife. Yes. Right? It's just like a hand with a knife. Yeah. And I in assume. In the shower scene. Before I, the, yeah. yeah. I assume this was maybe because at that time that was a bit novel. Like, you know, we, we hadn't maybe had a shot like that mm-hmm. before or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know because uh, I'm not a film historian. But there is literally an ex- the exact same shot in Halloween, mm-hmm. in the opening to this movie, when he stabs the girl. Yeah. There is a same shot. Yep, yep, yep. And it might even be intentional, I, for all I know. Like, yeah. he wanted a call out to Psycho in this movie, right? It could absolutely be, yeah. 
But I want to just illustrate what I think is the difference between those two movies, even when they're showing the same same shot. Yep. In Psycho, there is no reason for that shot. Zero. It's just there because it was a cool image to put in the shower scene, which is fine. You don't need a reason for every shot. Mm-hmm. You just want to see this cool knife shot, so it's in there. Mm-hmm. Fine. In Halloween, there is a very good reason for that. It's because this is the first time this killer is killing somebody. And it's not us looking at the knife. It's him looking at the mm-hmm, knife. Mm-hmm. He's seeing the weapon that he is using mm-hmm. to stab this person, mm-hmm. which must feel very good to him because this is what he's going to do for the rest of his life. Yes. Right? And so it carries a tremendous amount of information in that shot. There's a reason he looks up from the girl to the knife. Now, maybe the reason they did it in this movie is because they can't really show stabbing very well. Mm -hmm. They had to, like, look away so they could put some blood on the actress. Right. right? It might have been purely a practical concern. It might have been purely a practical concern. But, again, for whatever reason, the viewer who is looking to analyze or take away from the shots information that's in them, there's a ton in that decision. So... Accidental or intentional, I don't know, yeah. but it works so much better than Psycho for me. It's not just a random shot of a knife. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. So, so again, I just loved so much about it. And we didn't really gush about this one or enough, so I'll just add a little yeah. stinger there. Yeah. That opening one is absolutely amazing. It's, it's one of the best openings to a movie. It, it, I've never seen so it done again. And this is like, you know, an iconic film. You'd think this would be copied all over the place, but I've never seen it done that well. Yeah. And to sort of have it be a the, the reveal that it's a child and like all of it, everything about it works so well. Well, there's all these other cool things, too, like putting the mask on. Yes. Yeah. Is just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so smart mm-hmm. uh, because then you can show that using the little mask on the camera, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing I thought was really good was right up till the bedroom, you don't know who this is. Right, you have right? no idea. I mean, you. I mean, you as a viewer who buys the thing called Halloween that says Michael Myers is going to kill people, you know it's probably him. But if you don't know anything else about the movie, yeah, you yeah. don't really know well, and, who that is, and right? Like, I, you know, um, for me, it was like I didn't know it was a kid. And you, exactly. You sort of like start when you <clears throat> see the hand reach down, and it's like it looks it's young. a little bit weird. Yeah. But like you're until you actually have that reveal, it's and it's like shocking. And well, but there's two reveals, and this yeah, is what yeah. I want to get to. When he comes up to the girl, yeah, yeah. and she goes Michael or whatever. Yes, yes. That's yes, the yes. first time you know. Oh, he's knows these people, right? It's right, not right, just right. some random guy breaking in. It's like a friend or a family member. And she's not scared. She's, she's not, not scared. scared of him. And so. It just has all these layers yeah, to it. Yeah, it just yeah. keeps going. It's like two solid minutes or three and minutes just, of just brilliant work. And it's one so, right after the other. And after it's the so other. well choreographed. Beautiful. Um, Absolutely beautiful. Shooting through the windows, then the characters go upstairs, then he goes around, then the guy comes down. It's just like, it's so well done. It's it's the definition of movie magic. Yeah. That is movie magic, right? It's, it's like so something good. you never thought of that someone is able to put together with a moving camera. That's yeah. just like, oh man, so this much movie, good stuff. This movie just, there was so much creativity. It's sort of an inspiring movie in that way, where you can just feel that there's like, 
there was a lot of like passion to get this project made. I don't know why either. That's why I was saying like, I don't get the sense, maybe we will, but I don't get the sense that this is just uniformly John Carpenter produces amazing creative stuff like this. Maybe he does. Maybe we're about to go find out that all his stuff is great. I doubt it, but I mean, maybe uh, most of it is. But so I don't know what the magic was either here. Yeah. Um, You know, so that's interesting. You know, I really just don't know. But yeah, it's pretty remarkable, uh, all things considered. I wanted to mention a couple things that I maybe didn't like as much. Um, There's just a few things. You already mentioned the finale being kind of a bit of a letdown because there's a little bit too much of like, oh, he's not dead. Oh, he is. But And then she's just kind of sitting around. It's like, yeah, it's just it doesn't feel as creative uh, or tangible as the rest of the film. Yeah. So, you know, that is what it is. Yeah. It probably also feels more trite today because everyone does it. It probably wasn't as trite then so maybe they were relying on the fact that you weren't used to the killer getting back up so it's like that hid the fact that it kind of isn't doesn't work that well otherwise yeah, yeah whereas now that's super overdone so you're not scared of that at it's all true. right now you just expect that somebody yeah. isn't going to die when they're so I spot killed. them a little yeah. bit for that uh, you know because they were probably one of the first people to really do that kind of thing horror wise maybe yeah, yeah, maybe but st- it's still kind of lame even if i just take that out of the equation it's just it's just not that creative i, I would have liked there to be more thought to why she was still there or yeah. why she wasn't doing something yep. it, you know so that it can because again, the rest of the movie doesn't make that mistake. Um, but there were a couple other little things like that where I was like, uh, okay, I don't quite get exactly what's going on here. So there was uh, two things that I thought went on a little too long. Okay. Um, there was basically like the sh- the laundry sequence mm-hmm. where the girl goes out to the There's laundry. There's a lot of like back and forth and back and forth in that one. I guess what I would say is maybe there's Maybe there's two things that combine. So I'll try to to explain what they are. It's really a little bit hard for me because, again, this movie is about creating this sense of tangible fear. Right. And it's usually working. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is talk about some places where it wasn't working for me. It's kind of hard to disassemble. Why? Because it's a very hard effect to create. So it's not always obvious, like, what's going on or what's right, playing right, into right. it. Right, right, right. But, like, during that laundry sequence, I think I noticed two things. One is sometimes there's a little bit too many Michael Myers shows up and then disappears because after a while, after the third or fourth time, Mm -hmm. when he doesn't actually take any action, it just kind of desensitizes me a little bit to it. Mm -hmm. So there was a couple times where I thought pacing-wise, they maybe needed to cut out one of his... Like appearances yeah, or you something. Already, you already you already think he's probably there somewhere. Without so him seeing not him. being there would have been better. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, because right? you don't know when. Yes. He's gonna pop out. So during like the laundry sequence was a good example. I thought he appeared a few too many times during this. You know, I, I don't. The laundry sequence was talking about. There's a p- point between when that girl gets when Michael Myers arrives and when she gets killed. Right. There's right. just a very long sequence to to get to the car, basically. Yes. Right? Yeah. Several back and forces to the house and so on. And I just think they needed, it was just not quite yeah, as dialed I, as it I, could I have been. I think all the back and forth is, it, it's it's dragging out the suspense. And maybe, yeah, maybe just showing him was too much. Like, it's better if your imagination is sort of, like, building things up. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't or know. Or maybe the second thing I'm going to say. Okay. And that is, I felt like the music needed some work. I really like the opening theme, mm-hmm. you know, and it's an iconic theme now. It's, it play, it's played at Halloween 
just to talk about the fact that it's Halloween now. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, it's great. It's um, good. Great theme. Love it. Creepy, weird, like repetitive note. Yep. Uh, notes that then kind of pitch bend down into uncomfortable, mm-hmm, like backing mm-hmm. chords and so on. But there's a problem in this movie for me, which is I felt like it was overused. It's very staccato. It's the, it becomes it punches in hard most yeah. of the time. Yeah. And I think that may really have been what was not working. It could be that, mm. for example, if it was silent a few of the times that Mike Myers had appeared, because they always punched it every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. If they had waited till like the last or second of last time when he's close to punch it, that may have also worked for me because I think the constant you see Mike Myers and there's a music cue. It created this desensitizing effect. And maybe you could have still had him appear as many times, but tone it down. Tone yeah, down that maybe. music. Yeah, cue, yeah, maybe. Right? Like maybe one or two of the times they don't cue you at all. It's only if you were paying attention that you saw him or something. Right? It could be. It could you be. You could have left as many in. So I'm not sure I can identify which what was actually yeah, I mean, not working that's for That's the me. thing with movies. It can always you can have a criticism, but it can actually be it's like impossible to know what exactly the problem is. It's just like you get this feeling that it's not quite as good as it could have been. I know there was a problem for me. I don't know exactly what the problem was because we're talking about a very subtle, delicate balance that you can't just point and say, oh, it was that. Because it's not that simple. Exactly. So I'm not sure which it was. And I mean, like, obviously, like, John Carpenter was looking at this movie in the editing room a lot. Yes. Right? And it's like, maybe this was the best possible version. I don't know. but I don't know either. Um, and so to me, there was something off about that yeah. that I noticed that I didn't notice in the rest of the film. Yeah. Like in the rest of the film, doing the creepy Mike Myers shows up thing, it seemed like it was working well for me. Even the hedgerow thing, which I thought was silly at first, ended up working. So I guess it wasn't that silly. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and so, yeah. So I just wanted to mention those two things because I felt like that was... Uh, that was the part that I noticed it not working, and I, I, I just wanted to mention it, even though I don't really know why. Right, right. Uh, the only other thing that I thought didn't really work for me, and this was because it the movie kind of asked me to make this connection that I didn't, that just confused, it was just okay. confusing. Okay, uh, I don't think it ruins the movie. It's not a plot hole. It didn't really affect my enjoyment of the film. I just okay. wanted to mention because I'm like, wait, what? Um. There's a scene where so the 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 doctor mm-hmm. is waiting at the Myers old house yeah. that's all run down. Right. They go in uh, previously and they find the dead dog or something. There's well they go they they find a dead dog because presumably he was eating it. That presumably was... I I just they don't really explain. It's just that's just what happens. They like he got hungry. I think they said right. And so uh, he decides to wait outside there because he's like he thinks he's going to come back mm-hmm. um, to the house. At some point he like turns around and notices that the car has been there the whole time or something the car he sees the car he's like he's like right there and he sees the car that Mike Myers has been driving do you remember this yes i do but he's not at the house at the time is he yeah he's- he was at the hedgerow he just like turns around if i remember correctly you remember he's he's hiding behind like the hedge mhm and then there's a Myers house and he's just standing there the whole time we never see him leave yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah, later yeah. we just see him kind of turn around and he looks you know 30 or 40 feet away and the car is there. Right, right, right. right. Like somehow he didn't notice that before, which, you know, okay, maybe that's true. Um, This scene was super confusing to me. Okay. 
And the reason it was super confusing to me is that if you wanted that scene to make sense to me, there needed to be a lot more effort put into explaining to me where the hell these houses were. Because the last time we've seen that car, and as far as we know, Mike Myers never got in it and drove somewhere. So the last time we saw that car, he was following the girls and he parks near those two houses. Well, we do know that the Myers' house is nearby those houses because at the beginning of the movie, she drops off a key. Well, but here's the problem, right? So I don't know which houses those houses are because it's really hard for me to remember, like, okay, where is she babysitting? She's not babysitting at her house. I do think, I agree with, so there was Um, definitely some confusion with the houses, like, there's just too many houses yeah. for me to get. Maybe this all makes perfect sense. Like, well, like and, no, it's great. And the plan but... of the high school kids was a little complicated where it was like, you come over to the house that I'm babysitting at. And then like the kid from this house comes over to this house. And the ba- like, Well, I'll just give you an example yeah. of why I'm confused. And yeah. I'm not trying to say that it's wrong because, like I said, I'm confused about it. So I'm not saying, oh, those houses weren't there. I'm saying I don't understand. So in the beginning, what I thought happened was Jamie Lee Curtis walks out of her house and walks not two blocks away, maybe, uh, or three, I don't know. It's unclear. Very short Mm -hmm. distance and drops off a key. Yeah. That's what I thought happened. I don't really know. Later, her friend comes to pick her up in a car at, I assume, her house, which is, so it's where she left with the key before. And they drive a long time and then they park. So in my mind... Where they've gone is nowhere near Mike Myers' house. It's like on the other side of town. Because otherwise, why were you driving a car if it's four blocks down the street? And why were you driving it for so long that, you know, you... I, I don't know. I, I just I just don't understand. No, I, right? I, I agree. I agree. There was definitely... So spatially, maybe it does work out. Maybe spatially well, they've worked it out and it's correct. But I didn't get it. I and do. I wanted so, m- more contextualization. I actually think this is another budget thing. Because I think they probably only had two houses that they could really work with. I guess three if you count the Myers' house. I don't see how budget could be a part of it, though, because you, however long, if you want two people to drive a car from one place to another, you kind of, the onus is on you for the script to not say that those two things are next to each other. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't really seem like a budget issue to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, so that part, I, I just didn't feel like that part made a whole lot of sense to me. Okay. Like, it would have made a lot more sense if the cop had seen the car while he was driving around and, like, went and got the detective. Right? Mm-hmm. That would make perfect sense. He's patrolling. He sees the car in this other part of town. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, I'm going to go get the doctor so he can help me track this guy down. Guy, I found the car. He mm-hmm. you know, pulls upside him. I found the car. Get in. They go back. And now they get out and start looking just like they do. Well, and I guess right. Also, so to me, that would have made more sense. I'm like, yes, they had to do that because right. So it's just the him seeing the car. I just didn't understand. I mean, it's not a problem for yeah. the movie because I don't care. They they're completely irrelevant to this movie for the most part. They're just an interesting side plot that gives you contextualization to Mike Myers. So it doesn't break the movie at all because like I just gave you an example of a trivial way you change it so that it, it makes sense where these houses are. So it doesn't bother me much, but I just. It confused me, and so I wish they hadn't done that because I was confused for a little part of the movie instead of paying attention to what was actually happening in the movie. Yeah, because it definitely feels like they wanted, they needed them to be in the car because they wanted the scene, they wanted her to run into the 
father at the hardware store. Sure. And then they wanted to have the scene with the the doctor me- meeting the police officer at the at the break in sure, because yeah. it also gives you information about yeah. where Mike Myers broke in and got the stuff. Yeah. So I think it's like yeah, he wanted this like seamless sort of way of and it, that does work well, right? Yeah. But I do think it's like then you get this problem of like well, they didn't really maybe have a great reason for being in the car and driving somewhere. Yeah, because it seems like they just drove back to exactly where they started, which maybe was the intent. Right. Maybe they were driving just to drive. I mean, again, I don't know. There may be really good explanations, and it's the first time I've seen the film. So maybe if I went back and watched it again, I would be like, oh, wait, no. Yeah, now I get what happened. We missed something. We might have right? missed something, too. We yeah. might have missed something because, like I said, it's just – so that confusion – I would have liked to have not have been there. And I think it was easy to not confuse me there. And I wish that's what they had done. But on a second viewing, maybe we'll watch this movie again sometime. I'll think about that and figure out if maybe just something I missed about what was supposed to be happening there as to why these things actually were close to each other. I don't remember exactly. The kids did have some sort of complicated plan about like meeting up and going to do something. You know what I mean? Like it... It could be that it was sort of offhandedly explained what they were doing, and we just kind of missed it. Well, they were smoking in the car, so for all I know, the entire point of the car ride was just to smoke for a while and then go back to where they started. But, you know, it just wasn't clear. That's all. It's just It was confusing is right. the way to right, say right, it. Right. It's confusing. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. I just don't know. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't have much to say beyond that I thought this movie was really great. It's one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Not that I've seen many, you know, like I said, I haven't seen a lot of canonical ones, so maybe I should. But because you don't really have to like horror to like this movie. No. It's just a well shot, interesting film that puts a lot of stuff on the screen that, that, you know, gets you. You're yeah. you're in it. You're you want to know what's going to happen yep. and you're genuinely afraid of like what is going to transpire. And to me that's different than horror movies that are just about oh I jump scare. Shock value. Um yeah. because this movie doesn't really have jump scares. I mean it sort of does, but it's not really no. about that at no. all. Uh It doesn't it doesn't have any cheap no. scares. My 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 fear with like horror movies like one of the reasons I think I I've often tended to just avoid them is cuz I'm I don't want like a cheap scare. I don't want a movie to feel like it's it's unfairly sort of manipulating my my mental state. And this movie doesn't. It's like It doesn't. Be, it's like earning what it what it's doing, right? And I think part of that too is you spend a lot of time seeing what the actions of the serial killer are. Yeah. So it's not like he's a mysterious thing that just shows up once randomly to scare you and then you it's never know where he is. It's really an interesting right? choice just how much time they spend from his perspective. Like that's something I'm also not like I don't remember seeing like I feel like normally with kind of suspense or scary things, they try to like hold back on showing you too much of the of the villain, right? And in this movie, it's like, nah, you see him a lot, and you often see things from his perspective, or even if it's not, like, exactly from his perspective, you're often seeing people from the perspective of someone watching them, right? Even though if it's not literally, he might not be literally watching them, right? Well, like, I think one of the things that is done poorly in general in today's films most of the time is villain development. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that, you know, I, th- I'm i not a huge Hitchcock fan, as we talked about before, mm-hmm. but one of the things that I remember him saying that I 100% agreed with and hadn't thought about that much till he said it, so full credit, is you your villains need obstacles. Yeah. They should 
encounter obstacles and you should see them so that they feel more like a true antagonist who's doing stuff and solving problems to be a villain right. as opposed to the protagonist who's solving problems to be a hero or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think we get so little of that nowadays Yeah. Um, to the point where the one time anybody actually did it, everyone seemed to love it. So which is the, Thanos. The, which is Thanos, yeah. where he actually gets a plot line in Infinity War, I think it was called, or whatever, one of these. I always get those two. I think it's Infinity Endgame War. and Infinity War. And the, yeah, I, think, yeah, cause I don't follow the Marvel stuff very it's, carefully. Uh, yeah, Infinity War is the is It's the like the Thanos. one time yeah. they had a villain who they actually followed him having to do stuff. Yep. Like, actually do stuff. Um, and people loved it. And it's like, yeah, that is just the thing that's true is you want to feel like the villains are real mm-hmm. because it makes it much more satisfying to see the conflict than if they're just an abstract kind of force of nature. It doesn't really feel like the same kind of conflict anymore. Yeah, it yeah. feels more like trying to survive in the wild, right? Mm-hmm. The, the villainy is abstract nature trying to you know, kill you in an abstract sense. Whereas with this, and I think this movie does this fantastically, yeah. but so do some other films of this era, right? I mean, even the original Star Wars is you start Darth Vader doing stuff, mm-hmm. right? And he has problems. He loses ships. He does, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't always um, go well for the villain. It doesn't always go well for them. And you see them trying to do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it is important. And I think that, you know, a lot of that's lost now. But back then it was not as lost. And you can see that in this movie. Michael Myers is whole thing he's doing. Mm-hmm. From how he becomes Michael Myers, in the sense, you know, he's, he he's gets thrown in this prison and then you know gets out later, and he's still the murderous kid that he was, but he hasn't been able to kill in mm-hmm. so many years, and so now he's just on a rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the whole story of like, oh, how's he going to do this? Where, what's he doing? You see him carrying the dead bodies around, like you see him doing everything. Well, and you he see you see do. the aftermath of like where he got his. Like outfit from and he, yep. you know, like and, uh, all that. and the taking the tombstone and yep. all that stuff, yep. right? So you know, it's it's just one of those things where like developing the villain, it always seems to help make it feel more tangible yep. and and in this case, scary yep. because you believe this guy is a real serial killer who's coming to kill you, yep. not some abstract scare thing that's gonna jump out and scare you, but you're not that worried about it, yep, right? Um, so yeah. Yeah, I feel like we we bookended uh, Spooky Month with two really good movies. That's a good way to put it because I didn't like the other two very much. They weren't awful um, or something, but they they weren't nearly as strong as as the the you know The Shining and obviously Halloween. Um, yeah, and one of the interesting things about The Shining and Halloween too is they're uh, not Halloween too. The Shining <laughs> and Halloween as well is they're both examples of movies that seem to be incredibly uh, like. The the sum of the parts is greater than the whole kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Like they're movies that take creative shots and interesting framing and choices about how you're going to show the villain, all these things. They put them together into something that just is this very watchable, yeah. engrossing, tangible experience. They're very similar. It's like Halloween is the low budget version, right, of what The Shining. Yeah, it's was not doing. nearly as sophisticated. Yeah, but it's it's just as effective. Yes, and it has the same. It shows that same kind of creative spark where yes. it's just like everything on the screen is interesting. And I love that feeling when watching a movie, that yeah. that feeling of creativity that you sometimes get when you're watching something where you just feel yeah. like the person making it like really had yeah. something in their head that yeah. they're so clear on, and it it's just great. All right, so we started and ended strong, and in the middle there was quite a sag. 
I mean, hey, but, they they weren't awful, but they definitely not as strong yeah, as these two. No. So, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks, everyone. And we hope you have a have a great spooky spooky time, a great Halloween. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you in November. Bye.